when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Acts chapter 2. Hi everyone, I'm Neil Parks. I'm glad you could join us today. We are in Paul's epistle to the Romans. And more than any other individual, Paul was responsible for the spread of Christianity throughout the Roman Empire. Rome was the capital and most important city of the Roman Empire. Now, some of those converted on the day of Pentecost probably founded the church at Rome. Paul's primary purpose in writing Romans was to teach the great truths of the gospel of grace to believers who had never received apostolic instruction. Paul describes the gospel of Jesus by bringing in the good news in two levels. On a human level, the good news is about God's Son, David's descendant, entering the world to begin the task of restoring it from the damage, sin, and death have left behind. But the resurrection of Jesus from the dead takes Jesus' sonship to a new level. Now he is the Son of God in power, the one called Lord and Master. So Romans 1, chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, let's read it. And by being raised from the dead, he was proved to be the mighty Son of God, with the holy nature of God himself. Now, you see, the resurrection clearly declared that Jesus was deity, the expression of God himself in human form. His victory over death was the supreme demonstration and most conclusive evidence that he is God the Son. In verse 5, it said, Now, and now, through Christ, all the kindness of God has been poured out upon us undeserving sinners. And now he is sending us out around the world to tell all people everywhere the great things God has done for them, so that they too will believe and obey him. This verse 5 speaks of grace, the unmerited favor 
which God shows sinners. This is the book's first reference to the most crucial part of the gospel message. You see, salvation is a gift from God, wholly separate from any human effort or achievement. Verse 6 says, And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. And Paul says in verse 7, I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and, big, big word here, and are called to be his own holy people. So, Paul says in verse 6 that the Romans are among the Gentiles and then goes on to refer to them as called. He used this word called back in verse 1 as to his own special calling as an apostle. So, now he balances this with the reminder that while great apostles are certainly called by God, but this is also true of every humble believer as well. So when we think of our position as Christians, we are inclined to think first of what we do, and so we speak of our faith or our commitment or the like. But Paul stresses God's initiative. Christians are people whom God has called. He goes on to speak of being called, there again, called, called, to belong to Jesus Christ. There is a responsibility attaching to the term call. Those called belong to Christ. Their lives are his. So, now Paul gets more precise as to where they are living as well. In verse 7, he says, I am writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. So Paul leaves out nobody. As he greets the church, he proceeds to speak to the Roman Christians as God's beloved. You see, it is only because of God's self-giving love that the gospel, and consequently the church, exist at all. Christians are loved by God is not a cliché, but a truth to be received with awe and wonder. So, my friends, great leaders are called, yes, but then so are all of God's ordinary people as well. So, folks, Paul is putting the Gentile believers in the same class as Jewish Christian saints. Hmm. The word saint basically signifies set apart or separated. Now, we normally use the concept in a negative way. 
But the separation which Paul writes is not so much a separation from anything as a separation to God. It is a positive, not a negative. Now, the saints are abnormally God's. They are set apart for him, called to be his dedicated people. You see, this understanding contains a challenge to faithful Christian service. Let me say that again. This understanding contains a challenge to faithful Christian service. For saints should live in accordance with the character implied in being thus set apart. At the same time, their being saints at all is by virtue of their divine calling, not their own moral achievement. So, when Paul writes to all God's beloved in Rome, who are called to be saints, He is writing not to people likely to figure in stained glass window buildings, but converted prostitutes, he's he's calling, prize fighters and slaves. These are the people called to be God's holy ones. Now, we will close today reading, I love this, the Jude Epistle. In Jude 1, verse 17, Dear friends, remember what the Apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ told you, that in the last times there would come these scoffers whose whole purpose in life is to enjoy themselves in every evil way imaginable. They stir up arguments They love the evil things of the world. They do not have the Holy Spirit living in them. But you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith, learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. Stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. Wait patiently for the eternal life that our Lord Jesus Christ, in his mercy, is going to give you. Try to help those who argue against you. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save some by snatching them as from the very flames of hell itself. And as far as others, help them to find the Lord by being kind to them. But be careful that yourselves aren't pulled along into their sins. Hate every trace of their sin while being merciful to them as sinners. I say, let's pray. Father God, we come humbly to you this morning, this afternoon, this evening. Wherever my listeners are at, Father God, wherever they are, 
I just lift them up right now, that they understand their calling. You have given every believer, a true believer, a calling and a gifting. Father God, we just come before you, and I pray that we could be always obedient to your will. Lord, we love you and thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to serve you. Lord, we just thank you and praise you and lift you up because you are the mighty God that came to give us life. Father, we do this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, my friends, until next time, God bless each and every one of you. I'm Neil Parks.